Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And myself, the uh, rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman, alongside my tag team partner and eternal co-host and friend, the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. How are you doing this week, man? Good. We got a lot of good wrestling this week. We do. I mean, so, yeah, I was uh, mentioning it before, but we've got the culmination at this point. G1 is wrapping up, and then we've got the start of the Eliminator Tournament in AEW, so yet again, it's another good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, even and even this past Friday, we had WWE and AEW go all out to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. I definitely been uh, liking how much Tony Khan seems to be like, "Go ahead, Vince. Like, I don't care. Let's do it." Yeah, which is, I heard this great quote, uh, Meltzer today. Uh, I was listening to a podcast with him where he was like, "My first reaction was like." oh, Tony, why would you do that? Like, why would you kind of poke the bear, so to speak, right? Like, in all reality, right? Like, SmackDown is the longer-running show, and it's on the bigger network. Well, this one was on FS1, so I don't know how the ratings are going to do. But, like, generally, right, like, why put this challenge out there um, when you're most likely going to lose kind of a thing, right? And then, it was like, but then I thought about it, and then it's just, like, it's not, like... Tony doesn't lose. All he does is just draw more eyes to his product. Like he he'll either do the same that he's been doing, and like Rampage's ratings have been slipping. But it's a Friday night, like <laughs> no one's watching wrestling. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, it was like a really late time slot, and it's new. Yeah. Um. So it's like if he just draws more eyes, that's a win to them. Like then that's it. I was like, ah, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not like a situation where, like, like WWE is too big to be, like, taken out. You know what I mean? Like, even if, like, in the best-case scenario with, like, AEW, even if they take, like, a bunch of fans and, like, people stop watching SmackDown or something, it's not like WWE is going to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not one of those situations where, like, it, like death isn't even on the line. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a situation of just, like, trying to basically increase his market share, and it makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was the other thing. This uh, Meltzer was talking about, like the difference between the war with WCW and then now with AEW. And he goes, "Well, even though they're now publicly traded company, WWE will still try to like put themselves as the victim." <laughs> when I I think it's actually really like now that I think about it a little bit more, I think it's really smart because like so when you compare AEW to WWE's fan base, like WWE's fan base is a lot older. And so a lot more of them, like, get their information and their news and things like that, like, from TV, right? And so there's also a larger percentage of them, like, not entirely, but a larger percentage of them that are kind of split between, like, either Raw or SmackDown. Like, there are people who are, like, Raw fans, and then there are people who are, like, SmackDown fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, weirdly enough, that does happen. Like, there aren't people who just watch both shows. Like, there are people who just watch Raw or just watch SmackDown. And part of it is because, like, they've built their schedule around, like, either the Monday night show or the Friday night show, right? Yeah. So if there's this, there actually is a market of older fans, particularly older fans, but not exclusively, who have oriented their life around Friday night wrestling. So then if they don't even know about what's happening on Monday nights, they don't care about what's happening on Monday nights, they don't care about what's happening outside of that, but then all of a sudden they find out, hey, there's a new wrestling show, 
on Friday night when you already watch wrestling, there is going to be potentially a new group of people that'll be like, oh, well, fuck it. I'll watch this, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, you got a point. Like, it wouldn't work as well the other way because AEW fans are already, like, so online and already are so smarky. They basically know what's happening anyway. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot more of WWE fans that just kind of only know what's happening in their own little WWE bubble. Mm-hmm. Comparatively. And then uh, uh, another podcast pointed out that I hadn't thought about it this way, which was, so if you really think about it, um, AEW is going to upend uh, WWE's TV deals in the sense that WWE is getting paid millions of dollars, like up, up to the billions, right, for their different the two different uh, TV deals they have with Fox, with SmackDown, and USA Network with Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're getting like don't get me wrong the ratings are great and stuff like that but AEW for a fraction of that money is competing with them in the demo mm-hmm. and so when the tv rights come back around like channels are going to look at well wait if i can pay for a, a pay a quarter of that cost and get like as AEW grows, right, they'll probably get the overall viewership up and the demo will increase further and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can get that or I can pay more money for almost the equivalent thing. Like, and which one are they going to go with? They're going to go with the less money. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. See, I definitely feel like Tony Khan is playing the long game. And yeah. that's smart because he can. Like, he has the resources to. He's a lot younger. Uh, he's clearly still got a lot more passion for this project. You know, like, I, I feel like I can tell, like, Vince doesn't care in the same way that he used to. You know what I mean? Like, he obviously is still, like, a maniac and will never want to, like, give up in any kind of competition. Yeah. But, like, it's not like he was, he's not motivated in the same way that he used to. I don't feel like he's motivated in the same way that Tony Khan is. Yes. And I feel like both the fact that Tony Khan is weirdly even more determined than Vince and the fact that he has more money then was, is going to help him in the long term. And right, like what you're saying, I think is eventually it's going to erode those TV deals. And uh, that in the long term, maybe eventually could actually spell some real damage for WWE because that is the biggest thing that helps keep them afloat is their really good TV deals. Mm-hmm. And see, like, I, I don't think they would go directly into a situation where like all of a sudden they can't get a TV deal, but whatever deal they can get is probably not going to be nearly as good. Yeah, exactly. And then if their deal isn't as good, like there might be even more of their big stars that'll jump ship. So if they don't fix like the, the core things that are the problem, this whole thing might just keep getting worse. Probably. I mean, they're definitely like AEW is on the upward trend and WWE is either in stagnant slash decreasing trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I would definitely be curious to see a little bit more of like the international numbers and things like that because maybe that's a lot of what's helping to also keep wwe folks like obviously the oh, deal is a huge yeah, one absolutely like that's what eric bischoff pointed out um in his podcast when he talks about like aew being a competitor in, to wwe he goes in he's like in the u.s yes mm-hmm. he's like outside of the u.s absolutely not and it's like yeah that's true like aew i don't think is broadcast in like every country yet like i think they only have like deals for like England and Canada and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But once they grow more and more, like they will, that'll all come in due time. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. All those things can change in time. And, or like, I think another thing that will probably help with that just because of how much it seems like they're connecting with other promotions. Like, I think that maybe even could be a part of it, you know? Like, yeah. it's like, you, do you think like their ultimate trajectory, like if you were Tony Khan, like, if we were going to put on the Tony Khan hat for a second. Uh, like, do you think that you would try to kind of build more internally and do, like, what WWE was trying to do, basically kind of, like, put their own product, like, in different countries? Or do you think you would kind of do more of what it seems like they're already doing, which is building relationships with other promotions around the world and maybe get to a point where maybe there is, like, some shared network stuff like that near, um, like, showing each other's product and then, you know, obviously trading talent and stuff? I mean, I would do... I would do a mix of both, right? I would do, mm-hmm. to get your foot in the door, partner up with the established person over there, right? 
And then if you see an opening for, hey, the market will bear like us and them, like, great, we'll split off and have our own thing that is going to grow more. But, um, but if the market won't be like that, if it makes it more sense for us to just team up with them and be broadcast on their streaming service, then yeah. Like, I have a feeling like AEW's only shot in like Japan, right, is to continue working with New Japan. Like, they're the top dog over there, and I don't think anyone's ever going to like compete with them or dethrone them. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, they're the WWE of Japan. So, like, over there, I think it would make sense, like, team up and air your shit on New Japan World. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and, and plus they've already been, like, right, like you said, they've already been working together, so why not, right? Yeah. Like, especially with, like, how loyal, especially, like, Japanese fans are, I feel like if they came over and were just trying to be, like, fuck you, that a lot of fans would probably be like, well, well fuck you, we're not going to go to your show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think WWE has had problems drawing over there, like, because mm-hmm. they're not New Japan and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so, one of the things that I feel like is, is such a key difference, and actually, this is something I wanted to bring up, so, there's been a lot of uh, talk back and forth between, like, Roman Reigns and CM Punk and stuff like that, <laughs> trading cards and insults. And, uh, one thing in particular, it, this isn't verbatim what he said, but, like, Roman Reigns had said something along the lines of, uh, with AEW, that he feels like the fans don't fairly criticize the products, you know, because they're, it's still new and they're probably just very excited and kind of being sparks and stuff like that. And at first I definitely felt like he was kind of right. And I'm not hundred percent saying that he's wrong. Like, I think there is a little bit of that still, but the more I think about it, I definitely kind of disagree. And I want to explain why. So I think I disagree because like, especially if you look online and like the things that people say and stuff like that, the people who are fans of AEW nitpick the hell out of it. It's not like they don't nitpick it in the way that like they nitpick WWE or New Japan and stuff like that. Like they will go and talk about very small comments about like things that they feel like should be different. But I think the biggest difference between AEW and WWE, which is why the attitude is so different in the way the nitpicking is done, is because in AEW, when the fans make a lot of their voices known, especially like if something is kind of poorly done, then AEW, especially Tony Khan, will then change things in the product, right? Like if he hears the voice of the fans in a certain direction, then he'll be like, oh, you're right. And I want to give you what you want. Instead of Vince's being like, well, fuck you. If you don't, if you don't like it, then I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to build a Thunderdome and I'm going to boo and uh, cheer the people that I want booed and cheered. Right. And so it's not that like, you know, WWE makes mistakes, AEW makes mistakes, but I feel like on par, it definitely seems like, especially at this point, like AEW kind of booking philosophy is to, oh, like if the fans are calling us out for some shit, then let's try and adapt the product. And I think yeah, but, that, uh, that buys a lot of goodwill with the fans. So then even when they are nitpicking things, they're not as hateful. Yeah. The, the buying goodwill is the, this is the phrase I was thinking of, which is they buy that goodwill when they tease CM Punk and deliver him, when they surprise us with both Adam Cole and, and Brian Danielson at the end of the night, right? And yeah. so, like, when they do fuck up a little bit, and AEW's biggest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, weakness is the women's division. It still is. Like, there's not, like, their their men are definitely have the better storylines compared to the women. It's it's getting better for the women. It's a slow process. Like. Britt Baker has been a huge help. Um, now that they have, uh, oh, why am I blanking our name? The girl that Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb's back. So like, mm-hmm. and then they bring they bring in Ruby Riot. Like, those are all good things. But like, it's still a weakness, and it's still something like when when Corey and I were at the show the other week, we commented on that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely still obviously weaknesses and <clears throat> things are trying to make better, but it definitely seems like. Like, I can definitely at least, like, specifically remember, like, uh, it was, like, what was it, the ending shot of, like, either 2019 or 2020 or something like that, where they had, like, the Dark Order thing, and, like... Oh, God, yeah. And then they were, like, you know what? Shit, you're right. Let's fucking fix that. And then, like, uh, like the whole thing where they fucked up Suzuki with his music, and they're, like, you know what? Shit, you're right. We fucked that up. We're not going to cut his music short ever again. Like, yeah. we're very sorry. Like, uh, I know, heard I recently, just... like, look at Miro now in AEW, like, Remember when he came in as the best man with Kip? Like I was like, oh my god, I like I pushed that out of my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty awful. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, you're right. They course correct, and they've built up enough goodwill that the fans allow for these things. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, in their actions, right? Like they course correct, and then also it feels like overall in the attitude, right? Like you know, both companies at the end of the day, they're trying to put on a show that lots of fans will hopefully enjoy, and then hopefully want to spend money on watching and spending merch and things like that. But at the end of the day, it feels like the fact that the show is making a lot of money seems to be equal to the fact that in AEW they also want to please the fans. Like, they understand that, like, you guys will want to spend more if you're just having a good time. Mm-hmm. And that we, you know, there's, like, a mutual respect of, like, we'll put on a good show and then you guys will support us. Versus, like, I feel like in WWE there's, like, this weird kind of, like, understanding of it being, like, a very exploitative relationship of just, like, you give us your money and we'll just give you a show whether it's good or not is kind of up to us and <laughs> what we feel like. And you know what? Fuck you. Like, give us your you're 9.99. Taking, you're taking your chances. Yeah. <laughs> like, it def- especially, like, with Vince and the way that he talks about the fans and treats fans and stuff like that. It just def- definitely, it definitely doesn't have that same level of respect, I think. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, even in, like, the best of days, do you think, like, Vince ever had that kind of respect? Or do you think that he never has. Uh, like, I think, think he, he did. He once had it and it faded. I, I think he did. If The biggest example I can think of is when they tried uh, Stone Cold as a heel. Mm, mm-hmm. That definitely was not working. And they... But that was a little more of like... That was Stone Cold's decision at first. He was like, I want to try being a heel. And then I think it took like the crowd really going against it him and Vince to be like, yeah, never mind. Let's go back. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, even even when he has the ability to kind of like self reflect and like have booking decisions that are different, it still feels yeah. like at the end of the day, Vince always just kind of looks at the fans like marks. It it takes it takes more like it takes longer for Vince to course course correct because like even look at Roman Reigns, he's oh on the gosh. biggest <laughs> run of his career now that yeah. he's a heel. And it took forever I, to get to that point. Yeah, like every it's so funny. Like every once in a while, I'll catch glimpses of people talking about that sort of shit, and I just laugh because, like, my God, how many years were we saying that shit? And it's like, man, we were all right. <laughs> <laughs> Should have put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, like how Vince every once in a while does those like stupid public apology things in the ring where he like breaks kayfabe. Yeah, I feel like he should do one of those for Roman Reigns and everybody. He's like, guys. I'm sorry for all those years. I was trying to force Reigns to be a face. You were right. I should have just turned him heel. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how great it's been. Oh my gosh, that'd be funny as shit. Although it is weird from like what I understand here that like apparently isn't Brock Lesnar back, so then I guess Brock is like a face by de facto. The way that yeah, it's it. really weird now. I, I, did you hear the ending of the the SmackDown this week? So the, the the half hour that competed with. Uh, Rampage was the contract signing of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. and the show ends with uh, Reigns uh, goes to sign the contract and Paul Heyman goes sign it I've looked it over as your like legal counsel I say like everything is looks good for you right and so Reigns signs it and passes it to Brock and Brock doesn't even read the contract just signs it right away and Reigns is like ha ha like, you're such an idiot. Why would you sign it without reading it? And Brock Lesnar just goes, yeah, I had it read this morning with my advocate, Paul Heyman. And then that's how the show ends. With, like, uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos being like, is Paul going to turn on me? So I'm, like, sitting there going, like, wait, this is going to fucking turn Roman face. Like. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. It's it's interesting. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's a compelling story. Mm-hmm. Uh. But, like, I'm just concerned about the outcome. Yeah, I guess, right, because, yeah, it's, like, Heyman's managing both. Although, I guess, right, couldn't Heyman be tricking Brock? Like, totally, think, yes. Like, Ooh, I'm yeah, going to yeah. manage you again, but then it's, like, nope, not really, though. Yeah. And then so, I'm still with Roman or something. Yeah, totally could go that way, but just right now, they've left it on the cliffhanger. Although, all right, speaking of Roman, I want to uh, share with you the funny tweet that CM Punk has put out. Which is really good. <laughs> So he said, uh, look, Roman can talk about all me all he wants, 
He's a WWE-backed puppet with his head so far up Vince McMahon's ass that he can probably see the Saudi crowd prince up there. <laughs> I, I run pro wrestling. Shiny teeth can keep my name out of his mouth. I preferred Leia Key anyway. <laughs> CM Punk. Like, oh, was that his character in FCW? Yes. Oh, my God. It just clicked. You said the name before? Like, before the recording, and I was like, well, okay. And then it just clicked to me now. I was like, oh, fuck, that's his FCW. Yep, that was his FCW name before he came up with the shield. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, to remember history, didn't CM Punk beat all three of the guys of the shield by himself? I think so at some point, yeah. And then, yeah, like, because, yeah, there was the whole thing about, like, Vince trying to be like, all right, well, you have to beat them, but then make Roman look strong. And then Punk was trying to be like, well, then why don't they beat me? <laughs> if you want them to look strong, why don't they just beat me? It's three guys. <laughs> You're making them look very weak by having one guy beat three other guys. Yeah, uh, uh. that's logic, though. Yeah, Tony uh, Khan's logic is definitely better. Mm. Ooh, but uh, speaking of other logic and stuff like that, before we actually talk about the eliminated tournament, because I do have the bracket pulled up, yeah. uh, I wanted to get a little bit of your thoughts, too, because uh, you were mentioning the SmackDown finale, and it made me yeah. think of the Heels finale, because we were talking about oh, uh, yes. last time about Heels up into the finale, but now we've, I assume you've seen the finale? Yes. Yeah, yeah I have. Awesome. Uh, so so I loved spoiler, it. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen oh, it yet. Yeah. We're talking about heels finale, so uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But uh, here we yeah. go. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I did not see that twist coming in terms of like, uh, uh, why am I blanking her name? Yeah, uh, the girl. Crystal. Crystal. I was going yeah, to call her Bunny, Cheryl. Bunny bombshell. Yeah, Bunny Bombshell. Like that was great. Uh, I thought like when when the uh, Florida dystopian guys were going to come to the pay per view, I thought I was like they're gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like, I don't know, fight someone or cause a ruckus somehow. And then the mm-hmm. subtle thing of the tissues was so great. I was like, oh my god, they're bringing that back. And then, uh, yeah. And then <laughs> the <laughs> storyline of Bill, Bill. <laughs> shitting his pants, which I did not catch this the first time around. Did you see Punk's character as uh, Ricky Rabies make like a face when Bill uh like, shit his pants, because he did that in an actual match. Oh, I, I didn't see the CM Punk reaction, no. Yeah, so apparently, so rewatch it, and watch when, so when Bill shits his pants, and they're in the back, and they see it, like, watch Ricky Baby's face, he does something, like, where he shakes his head back and forth, like, oh no, like, like, and it was, like, one of those faces where, like, you've done that before, and you're like, oh, I feel your pain, man, like. Yep. I, I, yeah, you're right, I forgot that that happened to Punk once, because I remember that happened to Cena once. Yes. Shot in the ring, but yeah. <laughs> and Punk had on like Punk's was just, Punk had like the white tights on and everything. I think too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was good. He's just like fuck it. He gets up and clotheslines the guy. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little redemptive moment. Yeah. Yeah, I oh. I love Wild Bill, man. He's one of my favorite characters on that show. Like, <laughs> he's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, that was that was definitely a huge twist of yeah, giving it to the crystal there, and I'm interested to see where they go from there. Uh, also, I'm definitely interested to see if in season two any of the season uh, episode titles are going to be relevant because yet again we had this whole thing with the double turn, and it seemed like that was what they were going for, right? You know, because like Ace was going to turn and then Bill was going to kind of turn. Yeah, but then it fucking doesn't happen. <laughs> well, so I think episode's called double turn, and then we don't get the double turn. I think the double turn is between the two brothers. I think that's what it's referring mm. to. Ace and Jack. Okay. Yeah, because Jack is trying to be the good guy and admit, hey, I fucked up. And then Ace goes, I'm going to hit, literally tries to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> literally strangle him in the ring. And it takes Crystal. That, that was my only criticism would be like how quickly he calmed down with Crystal. Like, he was literally choking Jack, and all it just took was Crystal just saying, hey, Ace. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in a wrestling match again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, that, and then also at the same time, it's like, how does Jack think it's a good idea to tell him this right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> given the history of, like, literally what just happened with Bobby Pin, like, 
wait until after, man. <laughs> just be like, just hit me off, grab the title, and then we'll talk afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah, deny it or just say we'll talk later, or whatever. Yeah, just like you know that your brother's a psycho better than anybody else. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then uh, probably my least favorite part of the whole episode, and I texted you about this while I was watching it, <laughs> was Jack's wife. Oh my yeah. god. I just yeah, don't get her. Like, even after he explains everything in that, pro- like, the one thing she has on him is that he has been lying to his brother. Okay. Fine. But that is not enough. And, and hold on. He's lying to his brother in a pro wrestling context. Like, she mm-hmm. acts like, just like, you bought these tissues. That's like manipulating the audience. No shit. That's what they do in wrestling, like, lady. Like, Oh I know it's God. like it's like it hurts insane arguments. Like, bitch, like who did like who are you accusing of actually buying it? Because it sounds like you're the one buying into Kayfabe way too much and being like, oh my God, you bought these tissues. You're a real life heel. And it's like, yeah. no, bitch, I run a wrestling show, I'm and I'm to trying to react. make money for our family. <laughs> I'm trying to make money for our family. I'm trying to make this legacy that my dad started and died for, like, still relevant, so that I have something to do. My fucking like deadbeat ass brother has something to do, like. <laughs> And he, like, he says this really emotional plea to her where he was like, I, like, my brother and I are fucked up because of our family. Like, dad killed himself, mom's crazy. You keep me grounded. <laughs> Can you please come home? Nah. <laughs> She's like, nah, fuck. I mean, I'm, I'm glad at least that she was like, you can go see your kid when he was like, can I at least see the kid? Yeah, yeah, Like, because if she wasn't going to see it, I was like, oh my god, I would lose And she also, she was like, I, I'm going to let you, like, do it on your own to, to like complete the fair stuff, and then we'll like come back. I I think she's back in next season because he admitted to Ace what he did. Like he's he's doing what she asked him to do, and so it's like all right, mm-hmm. clean slate. So I think she's back, but yeah, I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see it being a situation where like yeah, maybe they'll try and wrap that up and be like okay, like they're they're getting back on track and things like that. But then I could definitely see like. Ace, right, being like, all right, well, you know, that was fun, like, you know, whatever, things got fucked up at the fair, you gave the belt to Crystal, but all right, I'm going to beat her for it, right? Yeah. And then, hopefully, Jack will be like, uh, no, like, you know, we were going to go that direction, but you've continuously proven yourself to be a psycho, uh, so we're not going <laughs> to give you the fucking belt. Like, sorry, kid. Because, <laughs> like, you can't control his emotions in the middle of the ring, and people get fucking hurt, or nearly yeah. killed, and it's like, dude, like, you should be happy that we aren't kicking you out of the business at all. Like, you should be happy I'm not calling the cops and having you arrested for assault. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like he was like, like, what if he had actually choked Jack to death? Like, <laughs> I mean, that would have been like, all right, well, what do we do here? Not only did we kill our champion, but we killed our Booker too. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I guess you have like poop stained Bill probably crawled. I was gonna that's say, why wild Bill know. running. <laughs> <laughs> well bill i feel like would be like hardcore holly uh have you ever heard the story from the uh bruce pritchard pod- podcast uh, uh so i don't maybe maybe not i'm not sure okay so at one point they like go to the locker room and they're like hey like we want we want more input from like the wrestlers of like for storylines and stuff like that this is when mm-hmm. bruce is uh writing the show okay i haven't heard this i think it's the smackdown and then <laughs> hardcore holly just goes I got an idea. I win the belt. <laughs> Bruce goes, <laughs> and then what? I think Bob. Yeah, and then what, Bob? And then I beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that would be Wild Bill's like. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's also, I feel like that's definitely the perfect reason of like, that's why you don't ask wrestlers what they want to do. <laughs> like, you can ask some, some of them will have enough, like, you know, Artist to not say shit like that, but that's what half of them are gonna say. <laughs> Give him the belt, and I just win. And then I just win. I just beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yep, 100%. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for some people who do listen to, if you've caught any of our stuff that we put on here for our uh, seven star wrestling show, uh, that's definitely the case sometimes. Like, I know there are certain people we have in there. That I could probably ask them, like, all right, what do you want to do? And they'd probably give me a good answer. But there's definitely some people it's like, nah, I'm not even gonna bother asking. Because I know they'd probably give me an answer like that. 
<laughs> I win the belt, and then I beat everybody. <laughs> Such a compelling story. <laughs> Great. Tell it again. <laughs> Ooh, but speaking of compelling stories and telling it again, uh, I'm really excited to see what they do with this Eliminator tournament because it definitely seems like they're kind of coming full circle right from the last year's Eliminator tournament. Yes. Uh, and so we have a great lineup. Uh, so up on the left-hand side of our bracket, the first matchup is Dark Order's number 10 against John Moxley. Easy. Mox gets this. Mox gets this, but I, I like that they're throwing, like, uh, they're throwing in other guys to this tournament, right? And it's, mm-hmm. like, compelling characters. It's not like when uh, it'd be, like, in WWE, I feel like this would have been, like, Dean Ambrose and, like, Zack Ryder. And it was yeah. like, oh! I mean, like, granted, you said John Mox is going to win this, and it's like, yeah, no, duh. But, I don't know, AEW just does it better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in, like, a surefire win match, like, it's still going to be compelling to see how it gets done, right? Yeah. Because, like, this uh, is, like... Honestly, when I look at this, like, the right side of the bracket is a lot more, like, up in the air. The left side is, like, I look at it, I'm like, yeah, this is John yeah, Moxley's yeah. half of the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the other the other matches in the left-hand side, so we have Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs. I think Orange Cassidy comes out of that one, right? That's what I would think, too, but I, I could kind of see it going either way. Yeah, it could, especially if Moxley is the opponent now that I think mm-hmm. about him and Powerhouse Hobbs would put on a good match. And, of course, I think out of those two, I think John Moxley wins that side. I think you're right. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, Hobbs is like and Cassidy. Like, they're at least close up on the card. Like, you know, it's not unconceivable for Hobbs to beat Cassidy, you know? And yeah. I think it would be good for him, too. Like, it wouldn't be... like Yeah, Hobbs be- is coming off the loss to Punk. Like, Cassidy mm-hmm. is, I think, is the bigger name, so to speak. And I think he could take the loss. But yeah, whoever um, wins this is definitely losing to Moxley. But yeah, the question is like who? Because like I yeah. could also see Cassidy versus Moxley. Like, have we seen that match before? No. So that's that's where this tournament's exciting, right? It's a lot of new matches. Right. Um, one of those is on the right hand side, Dustin Rhodes against Brian Danielson. <laughs> that's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, obviously Brian takes this one for sure. Yeah, but like to see it. <laughs> those dudes have been in the same company for how many years? Like, and never once i think interacted yeah probably not i i can't even because he was still he was still doing gold stuff stuff when brian daniel or dan o'brien was there right yeah Yeah, but at that point like gold gold dust was like so far down in the card that like yeah dan o'brien was either mid card or higher that like they weren't really interacting because WWE just like doesn't touch people unless they're in squash (laughs) matches but like i don't know but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's just one of the, it's like Dustin's one of his three matches per year, whatever it is, which is great for his like that's what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to two veterans like that. And then last match on the right hand side was Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. I I think this is going to Lance, but I don't know what do you. Think? Oh really? I I'm thinking Eddie. I want to see Eddie and Daniel and Brian Danielson. Wow. I mean, I, th- I think Eddie and Daniel Bryan will be uh, Brian Danielson will be fun. But I <laughs> sorry, I call Daniel him Brian slave Danielson. Name. I called him a slave name. It feels so bad. No, but I but I feel like the uh, uh, you know, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking? Uh, Goliath versus uh, the little guy. Why? Dave, Dave, David versus Goliath. I feel like oh, the yeah, yeah. Goliath effect of Brian Danielson versus Lance Archer is kind of yeah. too much to pass up on. Like that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be fun to get to Eddie Kingston later. I feel like that'll be another good match, but that's, yeah. at least that's my my inclination. I could see it going either way, but my thought is probably Lance. And so I think we're both thinking for the finals, Moxley versus Danielson, right? Probably. I, I think there is an outside chance that Lance takes it. Oh, really? You think like Lance advances and then takes on Brian? Okay. I, I, I think there's an outside chance that Lance could beat Brian. And then we okay. have... Moxley I mean, versus Archer and Moxley Lance. and Lance are still kind of feuding, and you could do something like maybe in Lance's match, maybe he like injures Eddie Kingston, so you add on like not only is he facing John in the finals, but he like took out his best friend. Mm-hmm. Right, depending on when this is happening and when Suzuki's coming back to and like Japan, like maybe Suzuki could get involved. You know, he could Suzuki is at least around for the next few weeks because I don't know if you saw, but uh, Impact is gonna get him for a little bit too. Oh, right, right. Yes, he is going over yeah. there for a bit, too. So, yeah, maybe uh, Suzuki gets involved, and that could be why this goes that way. 
And then especially if this goes like all the way, because like Suzuki just had the match with Brian, right? So then maybe if he helps Lance get the win over Brian too, then it gets like all the way to the end where it's like, all right, John, are you going to be able to stop Lance and Suzuki? And then, you know, maybe Eddie Kingston helps balance things out. I can mm-hmm. see that. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like Moxley's in the finals. And then I would probably give it to Brian just because of obviously, you know, he's new, he's big and exciting. And putting him in the finals would be awesome. But I could also see Lance. Very interesting. However, at the end, though, who do you think wins? Like, do you think it'd be Moxley or do you think it'd be uh, Daniel Bryan? Or Brian Danielson? God damn it. They called him a slave name again. Uh, two strikes. Uh, I do it a third time. You have to kill me on the spot. <laughs> um, Moxley has faced Omega for the title, right? Uh, yeah, Omega won it off him, right? Yeah, oh, so there hasn't been the rematch yet. Oh, fuck, that makes this even harder to say. Mm-hmm. Although, <sighs> the question is because uh, the same night that the finales of this are going to be happening is when Omega's going to be defending against Paige, right? So he's probably yeah. going to be dropping the title to Paige, isn't he? Or do so if he drops... Uh, I think Paige has to win that one, right? He had... Mm-hmm. Dude, that place... I was in the crowd when uh, Paige returned, and holy shit, the roof blew off of that joint. <laughs> like, he is over like a motherfucker. Uh, and so maybe, do, to... maybe do Paige versus Brian Danielson. I think that'd be really fun. See, I was going to say, I think if Paige wins the title, then I think it's John Moxley. Or it is Mox then, do you think? Okay. Mo- Mox leans Mox leans a little more to the heel side, right? Like, he's I mean, he's definitely in the gray area in between. Yeah. I don't think he like he's definitely kind of that stone cold type. Like he's exactly people love him, but he will do dark things because he's John Moxley. Yeah. So I, and I feel like that goes against like right now, like like Paige just cut that. Uh, I think it was was it on Rampage or is it was the Saturday Dynamite? Yeah. <laughs> um, that he cut this really great promo about what like cowboy shit means, and it means like he's gonna fight for the title. And it was like this really it was a good baby face promo. So like yeah. you got the the clean baby face and Paige, I feel like going up against the rough John Moxley would just be a little bit better. Yeah, I I actually kind of agree with you. Yeah, given given that because I, I I didn't know I I need to get back onto watching AEW on the regular at this point. Um, but well, it's it's just super hard right now. It's every this whole schedule is just fucked up because of the MLB mm-hmm. playoffs. Mm-hmm. So like right. Dynamite wasn't this past Wednesday; it was Saturday. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's right. Um, and I think that's yeah. happening again next week as well. I would agree, though. Like, I, I would be excited to see Paige versus Moxley, though. I yeah. mean, that or Brian, but Box definitely, given that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But so, do that'd you agree, really, though? Pretty hard hitting match. Do you agree that Paige, you think, gets the title off of Omega? Yeah, because I, I think if, if he doesn't, he's kind of fucked at this point, right? Because, like, they've been building that for him for so long. Yeah. Went home, had a kid, like, oh, everything's just, like, lining up for her title win. Like, Well, and, like, and he was, like, yeah, right there with Kenny Omega as part of the story even before he got the title, too. Like, him him and Omega's story have been linked for, like, more than a year now, right? Like, close to, like, two years. Yeah, and, well, Paige even in the promo brought up, it was Jericho won the first title off of him. Mm-hmm. Like, at, yep. was it? No, oh, that was all all out. That's what it was. Yeah, uh, like, at this point, like unless they somehow some have something better up their sleeves, which I feel like, given this amount of build, they don't. Like this is the thing because this is really damn good, and obviously people are getting behind it, right? Yeah. So I I think they got to pull the trigger. It's time. Mm-hmm. And Omega's had the title for a damn long time. Like his legacy with this reign is definitely like people aren't going to forget it. You know, being the belt collector and shit. Yeah. And it's not like he's not going to come back for the title. Like, I'm sure he's immediately going to be trying to get a rematch. Yeah. Then probably, like, Brian Danielson and other people like that will be in the way, right? Yeah, I think think that's what you can do, right? You can have, once Paige wins the title, Moxley wins this tournament, goes against uh, Moxley and Paige for the title, and then you have Daniel Bryan, who just lost the tournament, get in the (gasps) way of Omega... What? Strike for you. Once you call him Daniel Bryan. One strike for Goddamn. you. 
<laughs> Actually, I think I'm on two strikes too. I think I said it earlier as well. Oh no. So We're Brian, I'm just gonna call him Brian. <laughs> call him Brian. <laughs> so Brian, I think Brian goes up against and like is the roadblock for Omega getting his rematch against Paige. Definitely, that'd be awesome. Get more conclusive because we had the time limit draw, but we haven't had them face off again yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely like that. So yeah, I feel like <clears throat> yeah, okay, I could definitely see it. All right, so Mox Mox is going to win this tournament against either Brian in the finale or Lance in the finale. I feel like they might do Lance because I feel like they'd want to hold off on Brian. Uh, hold off on Brian Mox. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, if, if Brian's going to lose, like, do you think they maybe want to hold off on that and do it at a later time? Like, basically sacrifice Lance for now, I guess? True. Because Brian and Punk haven't lost yet. Which which reminds me, what's going on with Punk at this point that he's not in this tournament? Uh, he's just challenging people. It's <laughs> pretty much it. Like, face... Daniel Garcia, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, stuff like that. I think the rumor is that, because I don't know if you heard, but uh, (laughs) Tony Khan was on the sidelines of the Jaguars game, and a reporter took a picture of him, and his notebook was open. And it had the preliminary card to uh, full gear. Mm -hmm. And I think Punk, it was listed as Punk versus... uh, Oh, why am I blanking on his name? MJF uh, Muscle. Oh, Wardlow? Yeah. Okay. And so I think there's rumors that it'll be like Punk joining up with like Darby Allen and Sting to feud with like uh, MJF and Wardlow and maybe the rest of the Pinnacle. Yo, I would definitely be down to see some, uh, especially some promo battles between Punk and MJF. That's what a lot of people think like is probably going to be like the go-to thing. That's a good idea. That's that could be fun. Why not? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> I mean, you got to do something to keep Punk busy at this point because if he's not going for the world title, then I feel like there's got to be an explanation why. And, yeah, uh, I feel like he's the kind of guy that's got enough of an ego that if somebody like MJF comes out and is enough of a dick, then it's like, all right, these guys can't ignore each other now. They have to fight. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that will be fun to see. Um, let's see. Okay, we talked about the Eliminated Tournament. What else is really going on for full gear at this point? Because then we've got uh, Sammy Guevara the new TNT champion, right? Yes. Uh, but he uh, doesn't have a challenger yet because they're feuding with um, America's top team. Hmm, Okay. Yeah, he'll, he'll get a new challenger before soon, or before too long. Although it definitely seems like... So is the TNT title one of these things where it's like they keep kind of changing it based on whoever's the champion? What do you mean? Because, like, you know, there was the red and white color scheme, whatever, but then I saw recently there's, like, the white and green sort of color scheme. And, like, was Mira the one that started that, or did somebody else do that before him? Oh, I think that was just when it was, like, the red and white. I think it was, like, unfinished. And now the green is like actual the finished design. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is the consequence of me not paying. <laughs> I need. I'm too casual for my own good. Yeah, like wh- when they first brought it, because that they they introduced that in the middle of the pandemic, and so I think it like took longer for it to get finished, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so like it wasn't totally finished when they debuted it. So yet another victim of the production lines. Being uh, down. But yeah, no, it's good to see that they've they've got a lot of things going, a lot of uh, things cooking in the fire. I also, I love that they just have so many fucking options because their roster is so huge too. Yeah. Like it does kind of keep things really exciting because like as much as I love New Japan, like their kind of smaller roster definitely keeps keeps things a lot more insular. Uh, so, so it's like, like oh, we're back to this match again. 
yeah i mean they definitely do enough to like usually give it new context and things like that but like yeah after after a while you do definitely having seen a lot of the same guys but <clears throat> yeah with AEW how new it is and how much they're constantly signing new people and how much they mix it up a lot like it's very cool to just constantly be like i feel like anytime i tune into AEW, it's like i don't even know who could be on this card at this point like <laughs> they could have signed anybody right now yeah exactly it gives it kind of like an extra little exciting boost of like, I don't even know who the fuck is on this. <laughs> a little mystery excitement. Uh, shit, I feel like I had something else I was going to ask you, but I don't even remember what it is. So, I don't know. I suppose uh, uh, unless you had anything else, we could probably wrap it up then. No, yeah. Uh, I'm good for this week. We got the... Finishing of the the G one later this week, and then we have uh, full gear build up, and it's gonna be some as always some good wrestling coming up. Oh shit! Okay, I remember the thing I wanted to ask you about. Okay, so uh, remember back at the time of when uh, Bullet Club was formed, like several years ago, it was like uh, Prince Devitt, aka uh, Finn Balor, yeah, yeah, Fale. Like Carl Anderson and then Tomatonga, right? Mm-hmm. So Tomatonga has basically been like the guy who's been in there like the whole time. And he's never been like the top guy, quote unquote, right? Like he's been in the tag division. He's kind of been right underneath. He's kind of like uh, one of the secondary lieutenants. But I feel like there's a very valid theory that he might have been the brains behind the operation has been pulling the strings the whole time. So, I'm capitalizing this off of the fact that, like, uh, in G1, at this point, uh, you'll never guess this. So, Cobb and Okada have both basically been blowing through the block. Haven't been lost, haven't lost to anybody. Except one. Okada lost to Tama Tonga in a singles match. Hmm. Like, holy fucking shit. So... Not only is that huge, but then immediately afterwards, Tamatanga like cut this promo basically saying that he's and like changing his fate, like starting here. Mm-hmm. And so this is the kind of thing that like, you know, this isn't just like a throwaway promo. Like I feel like they definitely got some plans for this because you know, not only did he cut that promo, but then he beat Okada. And beating Okada is an extremely rare, important thing to do. And so it with like the way that Jay White's been over in America kind of doing his thing. And then Evil's doing his thing that's very different in Japan. Like, it looks like Bullet Club might be going for a Civil War sort of situation. Yep. Yep. However, in all this Civil War situation, I'm thinking, like, well, wait. Maybe it's not Evil that's going to come out on top. Maybe it's not Jay who's going to come out on top. Maybe it's fucking Tamatanga in the shadows this whole time. Maybe, like, (laughs) eating both sides to fight each other and then just come in, clean up the scraps, and then be the new leader. I mean, he just fucking beat Okada. And Evil was in that same bracket and couldn't beat him. Um, Jay's fought Okada and has beaten him once or twice, but then Okada, I think, has overall beaten Jay in their feud. So I don't know. This could be the start of something new. Or maybe, as he said, it's the rewriting of something old. I like it. Like, I'm so excited, but I'm so, like, also confused because it's like, holy shit, what does this mean? I mean, I would love it for Thomas Honga. I feel like he hasn't had anything like that juicy to bite into. Mm-hmm. And like, he's come a long way too. Like, definitely in the way that he carries his character, the way that he cuts his promos, the way that he even runs his matches and stuff. Like, it was so fucking wild too. Like, he kept doing this uh, thing this year in G One, like to really get the crowd actually like behind him and cheering him and stuff. As far as like taking off his uh, vest. So like, I don't know. It's like it's weird how much they're he's getting the crowd to kind of turn and like really appreciate him. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact that, yeah, like, he beat Okada, and then, like, people were, like, clapping afterwards. Like, holy shit, like, great job for overcoming that. Like, we like we didn't think that was going to happen. Like, I had already done <laughs> my thing. Like, when it was starting up, that match, I was like, all right, and here's two points for Okada. Like, <laughs> and after it was like, wait, what? And I, like, rewinded it. I was like, did I see that right? <laughs> Is New Japan World trying to trick me? And, dude, like, this is the thing, crazier thing, too. So, like, Jado was there as, like, his uh, manager or whatever, who normally had a lot of situations as part of Bullet Club. Like, they constantly cheat. Like, he smacks people with his kendo stick. Didn't cheat at all. 
Tama beat him clean as a sheet. Mm-hmm. It's like Tama fucking Tonga of Bullet Club just beat Okada clean. What the hell? <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It's it's exciting times, and I'm 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 curious. Be you you sound like uh you might be on Team Tama with me. Oh yeah, I've I've loved uh, my introduction to Tama Tonga was like following the uh, uh, Good Brothers. Oh yeah, like on their po- they've had him on their podcast and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it'd be really exciting. Like I don't know what all it would mean for some other things to fall out, but like, damn it, I don't know. I'm excited to put this proposition. So. I don't know what's well, going to happen with Bullet Club, but if, if Tama comes out and is the secret leader, that'd be really cool, I think. We'll find out soon. The G1 wraps up Thursday, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might we might have to wait longer to get answers to this storyline, but at least yeah, as far yeah. as the G1, that'll be wrapping up really soon. Because, yeah, Bushi uh, took his block just barely at the end here. Uh, and then it's probably going to be Okada on the other side, but it could be Cobb. And then uh, they'll be fighting Shingo slash uh, Osprey at the uh, at Wrestle Kingdom because Osprey is still doing the whole like you know I'm the real world champion thing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool. At least I think it'll be cool. But uh, all right, that'll do it for me. Anything else for you? I'm good. As uh, yeah, Oops. we've got that on the uh, horizon. We got full gear pretty soon, so we'll have to come back and talk some predictions for full gear. Absolutely. Part, of course. Yeah. Once once we get more pictures of Tony Khan's notebook. <laughs> so, uh, until then, peace out, everybody. Have a great week.